The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Discover the power within. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Spirit of Recovery, offering support for your spiritual growth and addiction recovery. Here's Reverend Dan Beckett. Welcome to the Spirit of Recovery on Unity Online Radio. We are glad you're with us again today. I'm Reverend Dan Beckett, here with co-host Reverend Michelle Jellinch. Together, we share ways that spirituality and recovery intertwine and work together to support your spiritual growth in your recovery journey. Facebook users, you can send us your questions and comments anytime during the week from our Facebook page, Spirit of Recovery. Just click on the send message button right below the banner. Each week on the show, we'll respond to a listener question or comment. And please be assured that your anonymity will always be respected. So let us know what's on your mind. We'd love to hear from you. Today's show is titled Advancing Confidently. It has been said, go confidently in the direction of your dreams. This sounds like great advice, though many of us begin the recovery journey feeling quite the opposite, stuck and limited. And sometimes, even after years of clean and sober time, we can find ourselves feeling aimless. Today, we want to share our experience, strength, and hope on practical ways you can find your true purpose in life and advance confidently towards making it a reality. So we'll begin today by sharing our experiences of feeling stuck, what that was like. Then we'll move into the solution of the power of faith. And after the break, we'll share exactly how we use the power of faith to help us move from feeling stuck to a life of confident purpose. So Dan, start us out. Let us know what that feeling stuck was like. Uh, well, for me, and fortunately, this is one of those things that I can say is much more true in the past than it is now. I think that's one of the gifts of recovery and my experiences. I spend a lot less time uh, in this place than I used to. Now, it's still possible. You know, it still comes up now and again, but I wouldn't even I wouldn't even call it a, a problem in my life or an, or an issue. But what it feels like when it does come up, and it did used to come up a lot, was, was this sort of, it's really this generalized aimlessness, you know, it, it, it might, um, it might be depression. If it is, it's, it's mild depression. It's not like, you know, pull the, pull the uh, curtains and stay in a locked dark bedroom all day, right. deep depression. It's just sort of a vague, 
grayness to life. It was vague. I don't even have the words for it, yeah. <laughs> clearly. The blah. Here's a, te a technical description, right? A, a vague sense of blah, you blah. know, whatever that is. Yep. Like, yeah, it just, you know, it's a, it's not a, it's definitely not a comfortable place to be. I have, I have made peace with it much more so. I think I used to think when I was in that place that like, this is what life is like now. You know, this is how it's always going to be, you know, without actually realizing it. I, I, I believe that that's where my mind was going with it. Uh, if it happens now, I'm like, whatever, man. You know, sometimes it rains. Sometimes the sun is out. Not too worried about it. Um, you know, it'll definitely pass. There's nothing I need to do. And, and there is no problem. Um, yeah. But it's taken me an awful long time to get to, to where I can uh, look at it that way. But, you know, feeling stuck, just like, who cares? You know, uh, I'm not going anywhere. Nothing's new. This is stupid. Everything's stupid. Everyone's stupid. Why do I even care? <laughs> it does sound like depression, doesn't no, it? I think it is. that doesn't sound like a lot of fun. <laughs> oh, it's not fun. No, I can relate to that. I have that kind of low-grade chronic depression that comes and goes. And so I'm familiar with the blahs, sort of an apathy sort of a staleness of feeling like just kind of ugh, sick of everything and just not not knowing where life is headed and I agree with you it is not a comfortable place um, at all but I also agree with you that this is one place where um, life experience really can be helpful because I've learned over the years just like you said it's not going to last forever it took me a long time to learn that it's not going to last forever um, I'm going to feel like this for a day, two days, three days, however long, but it will shift and change. And that some of that is just life lived, you know, life experience, just having been through it many times and learned that I can trust that it's not going to just go on and on and on. The other thing I've learned is that um, when I'm in that place, it can feel really uncomfortable, but to me, it's actually sort of a place that's very filled with grace because something is working inside me that is saying, no, there's more, there's more, there's something more you are meant to be doing. There's something you need to uh, leave in the past, let go of, something new you need to step into. And I think that's sometimes what creates a bit of the anxiety for me because it's like, but I don't know what it is yet. But I have also, again, with time, learned that um, that can be a very pregnant place, a very ripe place where things are happening underneath the surface. I'm getting those nudgings of spirit that there is something more I'm meant to do. I just don't know what it is yet. So it can be uncomfortable, but the longer I, you know, am on this path, the more I learn that... Um, I can just sit in the discomfort as much as possible and it's going to shift and something good is going to come. Something good is right around the corner. Yeah, I love that way of of looking at it. And I've, I've also come to seeing it as um, that I don't know what it is, but I'm, I'm burning through some things that need to be let go of. Yeah. And, and this is what it feels like to... Um, you know, kind of chew through some old whatever, uh, and and you know, kind of burn it away, yeah. uh, and let whatever is new gonna come up around it. But like you said, man, it's taken me a long time to get to where I could 
even begin to see it that way. But one way that it looks uh, for me is sameness. Sameness is a big part of it. Same car, same house, same road, same town, (laughs) same old who cares, whatever. You know, even like my favorite dish at my favorite restaurants, like, yeah, I guess. Yeah, it's good. I still like it, but is this, you know, I just get this real, this phrase keeps coming back. Is this all there is? Really? This this is it? And I know that the answer to that is always no. This is not all that's it. There's always more going on. But when I'm in this place, what feeling stuck feels like is that I'm, you know, I'm pretty much just overwhelmed with that blah, sameness, who cares? Yes, you know, clinically, maybe it's defined as mild depression. I don't really care what it's called, right? right. It doesn't make any difference to my experience in it. You know, being able to name it, okay, that might be helpful in some ways, but it doesn't change anything. You know, it is what it is, and I feel how I feel. And if I don't like it, I don't like it. And that's fine. I don't have to like it, right? right? But like you're saying, you know, basically learning to stop resisting it has taken away a whole bunch of the charge around it. You know, like the Buddhists say that um, pain is inevitable, suffering is optional, you know, to paraphrase a a whole swath of Buddhist teachings, that if I can just recognize it for what it is and not, not build on it, not make it worse by, you know, my own thinking, then, and that's probably what's changed over time. But that core, you know, sense of sameness, blah, boring, whatever, who cares? Yeah. Um, that, you know, that feeling stuck is still, it's still around. It's not like, it's like I said, it's not like it never happens. It's just not a problem nowadays. Well, you know, I feel like those of us that are in recovery are on a spiritual path. This is a path that we've chosen. I hesitated when I said chosen. I mean, it chose us, but then we did choose it back. We chose to be on this path. And it's a path of constant growth and expansion and discovery and forward movement. And so when I'm in that place where things are feeling stale, stuck, you know, uh, the blahs, the, you know, same, same, same. To me, that's an indication that there's there's going to be forward movement because like you said the answer to the question is this all there is is always no no this is not all there is there's always more um the universe god divine mind has tremendous you know plans and desires for highest good for all of us and there's always more there's always more to learn more to step into um more to grow into and so um when i'm in that place that can be an indication to me that there are some things that are no longer serving me that i need to let go of and there is more that i need to step into but that's uncomfortable you know we're not fans of change right (laughs) because it's it's that uncertainty right the fear of uncertainty i think for me is a really big one i want to know what it's going to look like and when i don't know what it's going to look like it causes me anxiety but again with time i've learned and it's not blind faith either because it's it's like show me the money i mean i have to see it happen in my life for me to believe it and i've been through many of those times and come out the other side. So now I have that faith that it will shift and change and that something is brewing in me. But um, 
it's that fear of, you know, what's it going to be? What I know I'm being nudged towards change, but I'm uncomfortable because I don't know what it's going to look like. And of course, you know, uh, fear is the opposite of trust, right? Is the opposite of faith. And so, um, my human self is fearful of what I can't see and what I can't understand. Um, so yeah, it's an uncomfortable place. It can be a very uncomfortable place to be. I've noticed that sometimes, so I was just thinking about um, that example that I used about, um, you know, even my favorite dish at my favorite restaurant is just, who cares? Um, but I also realized that, that, that I have many times had the experience of almost like breaking out of this way of being with the simplest thing. It could be a song that I haven't heard forever comes on the radio. I'm like, man, I really love this song. And that that just that little shift, having that thing to, to love, feeling, you know, the way that you feel when you hear a song that you uh, really dig, that can turn it around. Or sometimes I do things on purpose, like, fine, I'm going to go to a different restaurant where I've never been, and I'm going to get something I've never gotten. And just following through on something and like that can, through that can really change it yeah <laughs> and so uh, you know it's 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 still there for sure um that kind of sameness you use the word apathy which i think is great stale yeah. staleness comes to mind feeling stuck like oh this you know I, i'm never gonna do anything fun i have the same stupid job or or whatever it might be it's too much too much sameness. So I've he I heard this saying somewhere, the only difference between a rut and a grave are the dimensions. And I think that it's my mind that creates the dimensions. You know, my mind can turn a rut into a grave if I were to allow it. But the good news is my, my mind can turn a grave into a rut. And a rut is, by definition, not very deep. You know, right. I might get stuck in it, sure. But I can also step out of it. But now that we uh, have revisited these painful pieces of life that uh, fortunately aren't there as much as they used to be, um, this feeling stuck, well, what is the solution? Well, as always, in unity, we affirm that all of life is governed by spiritual principles. Yes, and our Unity co-founder, Charles Fillmore, as we know, developed a set of 12 spiritual principles that he called the 12 powers. And so these are 12 spiritual gifts or abilities that we all have and that we can use in our spiritual growth. And one of these 12 powers is the power of faith, uh, defined as the ability to believe, uh, intuit, and perceive. And that's what we want to focus on today. But faith is a word we hear often, and it seems to mean different things to different people. So what does faith mean for us in the context of recovery and of moving ahead confidently in life? So, Michelle, when you think about the 12 powers and the power of faith, uh, what does that mean to you? What does that look like or feel like or what have your experiences of faith been? Oh, my gosh, this is such a big topic. Well, okay, let me start at the top. The, the first thing that faith means to me is that I choose to believe in the general benevolence of the universe. Mm. 
I choose to believe that there is somehow a bias for good, that we are all moving in an upward, progressive, expansive direction, that it's not just all meaningless, it's not just some mistake, we're not just here by accident, that there is some sort of a purpose that I can't fully understand or describe, but I believe it. Um, I believe that we are here for our spiritual growth, and I believe that the universe, God, divine mind, wants our highest good. So if that's my worldview or my universe view, then that's where I'm starting from. So that means that no matter what is happening, I can trust that I am still on that train that is going somewhere. I may not be able to see it or know what's happening, but I trust that the universe is benevolent. God always wants my highest good. I'm here for my spiritual growth, my soul's expansion. And so that is the framework around which I build my life. I like that. And I'm, I concur with you. And if we wanted to get all theology nerdy, I can support that view uh -huh. <laughs> um, from a theological point of view. It, you know, it's been posited that that you know god is in a sense of uh, a, a force that's always you know i want to say driving calling whichever way it works i don't know but toward good toward higher experiences of joy towards novelty and towards uh higher levels of expression and we see it easily in the world around us. Just look at the natural world around us. Life is always finding a way. The tree's not getting smaller, it's getting bigger. You know, and, and, and there's this whole cycle going on and uh, everything is upward. Yes. And, and so I, I, I also, I guess I should say I choose to see the world that way because I yes. can certainly choose to see it otherwise. But mm -hmm. that's, you know, that's not helpful. So I don't choose it that way. Yeah. Uh, so one way I've experienced the power of faith working in my life is that it's the it's sort of the key. It's the seed or the kernel underneath this, this thought that says that we can change our lives when we believe that we can. Right. And believing, when I believe that I can change my life, I can. Right. Because I believe that I can. It's a little bit weird that way. It almost, you know, to to some, and I can understand this point of view, to some it would seem like it's just, you know, it, it's an idea built on nothing, right? It's just some something you made up, to which I say, everything you ever thought is something that you made up you just yeah. don't realize it yeah. and when i realize that i have created my worldview yes. you know and, and that, that doesn't mean that doesn't mean to diminish it it doesn't mean that it's not pervasive in my life it doesn't mean that it's not important but it means that i can change it because i'm the one who made it so right. even if i can simply accept that even if i can't see the mechanism if there's just some hint of the idea, some sliver of hope in the idea that, you know what, I, I created the way that I see the world and I can recreate it. I can co-create it, we'll say, in unity with God. I can co-create the way that I see the world as well. And uh, one thing that helps me with this belief, and this is tied directly to faith, is that, you know, in in all cultures that I know of, any 
God concept is always, among other attributes, creative. Mm. Right? Human societies, most if not all, have a narrative around where did all this come from? Right. How, how did we get here? How was it created? And in the Hebrew Bible, in the book of Genesis, there is an extended creation story that uh, shares a, a vision, a way of seeing this. But the bottom line is that this thing that we call God is creativity itself. Yeah. And as children of God, I believe and I know we have inherited that capability. In fact, I, we are so good at it, we don't even see it when we're doing it. That's how good we are at it. And so when I look at it that way, I realize, oh my gosh, I, there's a lot that I can do yes. here. I don't have to be stuck in blah. And it's all based on the faith that, that those things are true. There is a force in the world moving towards good. It yeah. is a creative force. I, I have that same creativity because I am also uh, from that same source. That's right. And so I can apply my creativity in faith. Yes, I love that. I mean, I've I've heard it said that human beings are sort of meaning-making machines. You know, we are constantly creating meaning around what is happening in our lives and and through that through the meaning that we make, we then uh, create our experience of life. So we do have a tremendous amount of power. That's kind of what new thought theology or whatever is based on is this idea that our minds have this power to um to create and to change and to uh, to create the the life that we want and create the outcomes that we want. And so for me, like I mentioned, beginning with that framework that you said also that the universe is basically benevolent, that there's this bias for good, um, that is where I want to be creating from. And, you know, I mentioned at the beginning, it's not a blind faith. For me, it's not a blind faith. I mean, like I said, I'm a, you know, show me the money, show me that this works. And the Fillmore's, <coughs> the Fillmore's were not about blind faith. The Fillmore's, our co-founders were very much about what they called, you know, repeatable, reproducible results. And so it has taken time in my life for me to see that um, things ultimately do work out for my highest good. They don't always work out the way I want them to. It may not be fun in the moment. I certainly have had lots of challenges, but I can say with absolute certainty that everything I thought I was going through that was horrific, I couldn't imagine how it was ever going to work out. I couldn't imagine what was happening in my life has always worked out for my highest good. Now, in my life in particular, it has worked out in ways that were so different from the Michelle plan, like not even resembling my plan at all. The very best things that have happened in my life have been complete surprises to me, things that I just came out of the ether, you know, but that has really taught me to trust that the universe's plan, God's plan for me is so much better than anything I could ever come up with on any given day. You know, it's just infinitely better because the divine mind is more expansive than my human ego mind and it has this this bias for good this plan for you know the good of the universe and so i've learned to trust that i don't know what's happening i can't see what's happening i'm scared i don't like change but the last 10 times this happened i was okay 
I lived through it. And ultimately something really good came from it. So it's actually for me, faith, it's been a hard one faith. You know, I've had to go through the stuff in my life and have things ultimately work out and work out better than I ever could have imagined in order for that faith to be forged in me. Absolutely. You know, one way that we can look at God, especially in the in a progressive or in a new thought manner is as a, a field of infinite possibility. And in that way, uh, if I understand God uh, as, as a field of infinite possibility, then this concept of God's plan for me, which you mentioned, and I used to find very troubling because I thought it meant like that there was some predetermined specific path and, and I had to find it. Right. And, and which means, well, I haven't found it, which means what if I never find it? And I was able to let go of that idea, which is at its core, uh, you know, based on the concept of predetermination, which I reject. Um, when I when I think of God as a field of infinite possibility, the plan for me is that I discover that that is true. Yeah. And I grow my life on that basis. That is the plan. And we can all do that. And yet it's going to look very different. The plan is not that I have a job here or right. a career there or that I live in this place or I take a trip to that place. Uh, the, the outcomes can look wildly different. And, and I have a lot of influence over those outcomes. Right. But the plan is that I realize my, you know, inner divinity. Yeah. if you will, that we all have Christ consciousness, the Christ within yeah. um, that, that Jesus expressed so fully. Um, that, that has helped me a lot. And that, of course, you know, those are ideas, ideas and words, and that's based on faith. But like you said, my faith isn't based on nothing. It's based on experience. Yes. Right. The Fillmore's way into practical Christianity and, right. and at the top of the show, we talked about uh, offering practical ways that mm -hmm. we can use these things, which we will do, especially in the last half of the show. But my faith is based on the fact that it keeps working. You know, my yeah. my concept of how this works, as long as I keep doing the pieces, it keeps working. Yeah. And so it has it has been built over time. You know, even though, um, in a sense, it's this sort of vague, uh, almost nothingness. I, I found in the revealing word from Charles Fillmore that uh, faith can be defined as the power to do the seemingly impossible. The power to do the seemingly impossible. And it's the seemingly part of that, that, that mm -hmm. the whole thing hinges on. It seemed impossible because I couldn't see how to do it. But it's right. not impossible when I realize I live in a field of infinite possibility and I am at my very core. We all are uh, creative and creative beings. And that's just the truth of the matter. But let's hold that thought and many others because it is time for a short break. And when we come back, we'll continue the conversation. So please stay with us. Thanks for joining us. 
This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome back to Spirit of Recovery. Welcome back. Indeed, we're glad that you're with us today. If you're just joining us, my name is Reverend Dan Beckett, and I'm here with co-host Reverend Michelle Jelich. We'll resume our discussion in a moment, but first we want to remind you that you can send us your questions and feedback anytime during the week from our Facebook page, Spirit of Recovery. Message us from there, and each week we'll respond during the show to a listener question or comment, but be assured that your anonymity will always be respected. So please let us know what's on your mind. So prior to the break, we were discussing first that uh, feeling stuck, that sort of apathy, sameness, blah. And then we moved into a discussion of the power of faith and that trust in the benevolence of the universe. So Dan, now that we've discussed that feeling stuck, we know that the solution or the antidote to that is that power of faith. Talk a little bit about how the power of faith helped you move to that life of confident purpose. Well, one way, and and again, I, I do love the practicality of our spirituality and unity. That was something that really drew me to this way of seeing uh, when I first discovered it. Uh, so one way that faith has helped me move from being stuck to confident, a sense of confident purpose in life is that I could, um, and I sort of talked about this before with my example of the restaurant, you know, if even when my favorite dish at my favorite restaurant seems boring, well, I still like to go out to restaurants. That hasn't changed. <laughs> and I can go to a different restaurant, maybe somewhere I've never been, maybe get something I've, I've never had before. And so I can basically ad lib. You know, I can I can make it up as I go, uh, new habits. I'll, let me go to a different place. Let me drive a different road home. And I have found that these the sort of the broad conditions in my life that I can't change them directly. I can't reach in and turn a knob and have my life be completely different. But what I can do is I can create the conditions for change. I have a lot of control over creating the conditions in which change can happen. It's like growing a garden, right? I can't make a flower, but I can clear a spot. I can plant a seed. I can make sure it gets watered appropriately. I can pull the weeds when they come up. I can create the conditions for something wonderful and beautiful to happen that I couldn't make myself but that I can um, welcome into my experience. I've heard the phrase, let God be God in you. And the allowing, the let part is important. Uh, Allow it to unfold. You know, if I talk about God as a a field of infinite possibility, I have to uh, allow those possibilities to unfold. And so in a sense, my confident purpose, number one, is discovery. You know, if the purpose in my life, if I don't see it as, you know, living in a particular place, having a particular job, etc., you know, I don't see my life purpose in those terms or or even in any kind of like grand accomplishments. For me, that's always a trap mm-hmm. uh, to view my purpose as associated with some kind of accomplishments. But when I view my purpose first and foremost as a journey of discovery, then 
life becomes very interesting and wonderful in surprising ways. And I do that completely based on faith, you know, like I'm going to act like this is the case. And oh, look, it certainly looks like this is the case. Well, that seems to have worked out all right. (laughs) Yes. So uh, for me, it's really been a matter of um, putting that power of faith into action by trusting the process. And this is sort of what you were talking about. Um, For me, trusting the process is moving from forcing and trying to make happen to more of, like you said, allowing. But as I mentioned before, there's an underlying belief that is at work. I have the underlying belief that I have a purpose in life, um, that my purpose is for my soul's highest unfoldment. Now, I don't know exactly what that's going to look like, but I'm starting from that belief that I have a calling. I believe that each one of us has a calling, meaning that which we are called to do, that which makes our heart sing, that which serves, not only makes our own heart sing, but also serves others. And so, and and it's not just one purpose or one calling. I've felt that I had very different purposes at different times in my life or overlapping purposes. You know, when I became a mother 20 years ago, and then when my son was diagnosed with a developmental disability, I had a very strong sense that my purpose at that point in life was mothering. It was, you know, I was in the trenches of motherhood for sure, but it really felt like a calling. I felt like this child was for me to care for and guide and help and advocate for. And it was a very deeply fulfilling sense of purpose. Now that my son's a little older, that's still a huge part of my purpose, but I've been called to another purpose as well, which is um, ministry. But I believe that we all have that, you know, that thing or many things, it's different for everyone. And, um, life has its ways of uh, seeking us out and calling us to that, you know? So the times in my life when things have gotten really shaken up and I didn't know what was happening and things were not going according to plan, Michelle, that's when I, for this is just for me, but those are the times when I was really being called to step into something that I never would have chosen for myself or even, conceived of but I was asking I was being asked I was being called to make a huge leap to step into something really big and so I trust now that during those times of um, unrest and uncertainty that I am being called to something higher yeah I love that I what I'm hearing and and what you're sharing is a you know based on the idea that uh, there are good things coming I just need to be aware of them you're open to all kinds of possibilities and and you're in a mode of discovery which i have found to be key uh personally for living um, by any sort of faith and and believe me uh in my life historically in general faith is not a word i used for anything at all faith was some nonsense term that churchy people used and that i wanted nothing to do with them or with any of their kooky ideas. And for most of my life, uh, that was the case. Now, look what happened. <laughs> look what happened to me. I, I turned into, uh, I, I don't know, I won't self-describe, but, um, you know, a very quite the different from that. And it all happened because I, I all of a sudden saw these things very, very differently. And I realized, oh, 
the way that those people talk about this, that's just a way. That's not the way. And in fact, it's not even the most interesting way by far uh, for me personally. And so, you know, just through a through a process of discovery, yeah. uh, again, I have found myself, you know, sitting doing a radio show podcast talking about faith in my life, which I never would have thought in a million years that I would be doing. That's because life but likes irony. <laughs> I know it is. Yes. That concept that God has a sense of humor. Like look yeah. at the platypus and my life. And the <laughs> That's all you and need to know. <laughs> God has a sense of humor. Right. Um, so, but for me, you know, and, and like you said, I think this is really important what you shared. This is different for everyone and it's different yeah. at different moments in time. Yeah. You know, it's not a, um, it's not a single calling, or if it is a single calling, again, to me, the calling is to always be walking the path of discovery, you know, whatever that might be, using creativity, you know, relying on the idea that things are going to change and they are getting better. Mm -hmm. And when I look for that, then I, I see that. So for me, as a, a an introverted person, a person's very idea oriented, you know, I'm super comfortable in my head of uh, figuring out how things work is sort of my main way of approaching the world. And so for me, stepping out in faith and just like talking to other people about things that matter um, w was made, made a big difference. Mm -hmm. And it comes down to this aspect of faith. I have faith that there's a better way. I just can't see it yet. I know that there's a better way. I have faith. And so I go looking for it, expecting to find it. Yes. That right there is a in I mean, that's a succinct summary of spiritual prosperity principles right there. I have faith that it's better. I take action. I go look for it. For me, that's you know, interacting, talking with people checking things out, um, not learning about things. I could do that in my sleep, but, you know, interacting with other human beings about it, that was new for me and expecting to find it, which yeah. is just another expression of faith. And it just works. You know, when, yeah. when I, when I learned that and when I started acting on that, when I put some feet on my ideas or some feet on my prayers, it just works. Yes. So how how do we do this? I mean, let's get down to brass tacks. How do we actually do this? How do we use that power of faith to move from that feeling of stuckness into a more confident sense of our life's purpose? Um, I've shared many times on this program that the third step was a game changer for me, complete game changer, um, completely changed my life. And um, I believe that it's it's both a step that you take once and it's also a step that you continue to take, right? So there was that first time that I got on my knees with my sponsor and said the third step prayer. And I believe that, that doing that that day put me on a path that is where I am now. It put me, it, you know, it was a choice. It was like a fork in the road. I made this choice and that has taken me on this path. And so that was like the big step, but now there are times over and over where I'm required to take that third step again 
There's all these junctions in life. There's all these, you know, those times of uncertainty like we were talking about. And so I mentioned, you know, my faith is based on this trust in the process, trust in the universe. But the way I put it into action is I take that third step. I don't know, but God knows. You know, I don't understand what's happening, but I have turned my will and my life over to the care of the God of my understanding, and I trust that. I trust that I am being guided. So in really practical terms, sometimes it might mean getting on my knees and saying that third step prayer, or it might be just reminding myself of that saying, let go and let God. Um, there's many different ways, you know, lots of prayer, lots of prayer. When I'm in one of those places where I don't know what's happening, just that, you know, praying, um, constantly, you know, that I would be guided, you know, I, I know I'm being guided to something, help me to stay the course, help me to follow that guidance. So there's the asking for the guidance and then there's the following the guidance, right? And doing the footwork, like you said. Now, Sometimes we have the idea that we could make the wrong choice and somehow mess up the plan. And so I want to play metaphor wars with you today because <laughs> I came up with a real doozy the other day. I was speaking with a congregant and she was in a similar situation of a fork in the road in her life. And she was saying, you know, I, I, I'm praying. I'm, I, I have these two different choices. I don't know which one to choose. I'm afraid I'm going to make a mistake. And out of the ethers came this idea to me and I said, you cannot make a mistake. There's no such thing as making a mistake. And I got this idea of a metaphor. You know how when you're using your GPS system and it's yeah. telling you to go a certain way, right? And you're following it, you're following it. And all of a sudden you either decide you don't want to turn there or you forget to turn there. What happens when you get a block down the road? It starts rerouting, right? Yeah. It starts rerouting. It completely you know, it doesn't care that you went a block in the wrong direction. It's just going to reroute you. You're still going to get to your destination. And so that's what I told her. And it, I, I think it helped. I hope it helped. It made sense to me. And I think it made sense to her at the time that we cannot make a wrong choice. We're going to get there. We're all going to get there um, because it's not there is not a specific place. And if you make one choice or another choice, the universe just reroutes you. But you cannot, you cannot sort of get off of this train that is going towards your highest good. You can get there faster or more easily, maybe with less wreckage, but you're going to get there because that's the plan. That's God's plan for humans. That's, that's the plan for the universe is that we're all going towards our highest good. So make a wrong, make, make a quote unquote wrong choice. GPS reroutes you. It's all good. You're still going to get there. Yeah, I love the cosmic GPS, and I've noticed that when I miss a turn, and it's inevitably because I'm not paying attention. <laughs> in, in my case, I'm not putting that on anybody else. Um, my GPS has yet to make a moral judgment at me for missing the turn. <laughs> like I'm, I'm not like a bad person. All right. You know what I'm saying? My GPS doesn't dislike me or or say I'm I'm going to turn myself off for five minutes because you're such a putz because you're not paying attention and and you missed a turn and I'm offended. You know and just get this whole quagmire. It's like you said, in a sense, God is like a cosmic GPS. Turn right here. Oh, you missed that turn? All right, turn right at this one. Yeah, keep, exactly. keep going. It's always just going to cycle. It's going to cycle you back. I love that way of looking at it. All right, so 
to the practical, how, how is a, a practical way that faith can help me moving out of being stuck to more confident purpose? Um, it's, it's in, to me, it's in steps and stages. There's not one thing that I can do, but there is a place that I can begin. And it's a place of using another one of our 12 powers, which is imagination, which is another way of saying creativity. You know, imagination gets a bad rap because, you know, we want to say things like, well, that's not real. You're just making it up, to which I respond the same way I did before. Yeah, and you're making everything up, everything you ever thought you made up. So embrace your imagination as your divine creative ability to envision that which is not yet present in your physical reality. Yeah. I've, I've called that holding a vision. Mm-hmm. You know, I can, I can see how I want it to be. It helps a lot if you describe it on paper, you know, take a pen and write it on paper with longhand. Not, don't type it on computer. Get a pen or a pencil and write it on paper. Um, or I've drawn like like a little map, like a bird's eye view. I wanted a music studio once and I drew, oh, and there's a table over here and there's this really cool rug in the middle and it has tassels. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I figured out this whole thing and then I set it aside and that actually happened. I have many, many stories of envisioning things and even forgetting that I did and then discovering my notes and being like, oh my gosh, that happened. I can't believe it. So using your creative power, holding a vision. Now, where we usually get in trouble with that is that I will hold a vision that I immediately begin to defeat myself by looking around saying, oh, it's not happening. You know, who do I think I am? You know, and all you pay attention to that negative self-talk because that's what can derail us. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's okay. It doesn't need to happen instantly. I don't need to see exactly how it's going to unfold. Just holding that vision in mind. And like I said, it helps if you can do it in some tactile manner as well, drawing, writing, uh, whatever it might be. Just holding that vision is is all I need to do to get it going. Absolutely. You know, that power... That power of imagination that we have, that power of co-creating with God is always operating whether we're conscious of it or not. Yes, right. It's, we're question, always creating. Are we creating. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, so, you know, we might as well use it because if we're unconscious, then we're creating from an unconscious place. And my experience is that my unconscious is not, it's kind of full of like the worst stuff. Right. So if I'm not doing it consciously, I'm going to be operating out of all the negative stuff so I can shift into consciously operating out of the positive stuff, out of the the good stuff. And I'm going to get much better results. Um, I've had periods of time in my life where things happened that seemed like they were derailing me. And I've had I've been in that place of praying and praying and asking for guidance and feeling like nothing was happening, nothing was moving, nothing was showing up, um, you know, feeling like, I don't know, I, I can't say feeling like God wasn't hearing me because I never really felt that way, but just, you know, it wasn't happening in my human timing. And um, my experience with that was that when I thought nothing was happening, really powerful, cool stuff was happening. I just couldn't see it because there was other things that needed to shift and change and come into alignment before the fruition of my vision. And so it, you know, what we call divine order or divine timing. Um, You know, I'm not, 
alone here on this planet. There's a whole bunch of others of you and other beings, and everybody's got their own thing going on. And so it took time for all the pieces <laughs> to fall into place for what was to happen next to happen for me. And to make a long story short, for me, ultimately, I was being called to ministry, but I didn't know that when I lost the job I had and was praying for months and months for guidance to what was mine to do. And when every job I tried didn't pan out and I had that fear of economic insecurity and I didn't know what was happening and it looked like nothing was moving. Well, it was, uh, you know, maybe 18 month, two year process before I ultimately found that I was being called to ministry. And so, you know, sometimes when it seems like nothing is happening, it is happening. That's where that power of faith comes in. You know, if you've done the third step, if you've turned it over, it's going to happen. Whatever it is, it's going to happen. It's just not going to happen on our time. And so what is our job? To keep our eyes and ears open, to, um, you know, take the opportunities that are given to us, to remain open to the possibilities, uh, to try not to figure out, oh, I see what God's doing here. Okay, I got it figured out because, you know what I mean? Then we then we yeah. get ourselves stuck. We've got to keep remaining open, 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 doing the footwork, doing the next indicated thing, and um, just having that faith, that faith that the good is now, the rest is blessed, and the best is yet to be, you know? Yeah, I don't know if we say, like that. That. We say that at our church, but um, that's a really Take helpful saying for me. Taking practical action, too, that's the yeah. second part of it. You know, the, the internal part that I shared about before, holding a vision, I then take a simple action there, thereafter. I mean, a really simple thing, like it yeah. seemed like an inconsequential thing. A right. uh, quick story about this two-step prosperity program that I have. So when I started at my church, the, the rain was leaking into the church, and we had someone look at it, and they said, you need a new roof. Well, new roof on this church was $6,000. We we're a very small church. We don't have $6,000 for a right. roof. But we held a vision of a new roof. We saw it happening. And someone said, I'm going to call the insurance company. And I'm like, knock yourself out. You know, I don't know what that has to do with anything, but go ahead and call them. And they called the insurance company. The insurance company came out and said, uh, you know, two years ago, there was a tornado in this area and your roof is damaged and we are going to replace it for you wow. but you let's go. change gears now i know two-step right there forget your 10-step prosperity there's reverend dance two-step prior <laughs> uh, prosperity plan well we're going to turn our attention to a question or a comment from our listeners so here's a question that often comes up it goes something like this Sometimes it feels like my faith is making a difference in my life, and other times it seems like it's doing nothing and doesn't even matter. You know, what is going on with me? What is my deal? Well, that's basically the situation I was just describing, right? <clears throat> is sometimes it doesn't seem like anything is happening, but there's often a whole lot of pieces that have to take their place before, um, you know, things can come to fruition or can manifest. So I would say, what is going on with you? You're a normal human being. This is the process. Be patient. Keep praying. Keep taking that third step. Seek, <clears throat> seek divine guidance. Believe good things are coming your way. Believe that you have a sacred purpose. And just keep trusting that divine timing and that divine order. And do the next indicated thing. Do the footwork. And then release to the best of your ability, which is 
tough thing to do, release the outcome, let go of the outcome. Because like I say, the best things in my life haven't looked anything like the outcome I envisioned. They were a million times better than what I could have ever envisioned. Yeah, amen to that. It's been my experience too. You know, it, I, I feel like built into that question at the end, what is going on with me is really what is wrong with me? Mm. And my answer is there is nothing wrong no. with you. You're not even doing this wrong. What you're describing is a fairly uh, normal experience of the ebb and the flow of my experience of my life. You know, I I, I experience the idea that faith is working and then I experience the idea that seems like it's not working and that's just something that I'm creating. It's not me. There's nothing wrong. I would say hold the course, you know, keep keep doing what you're doing. Don't give up because this is a story that we can tell ourselves that we can end up giving up. Don't and, quit before the miracle. Yeah, recognize that there's nothing wrong. And I, I'm serious about this two-step prosperity thing. Just alternate between holding a vision, using your imagination, and then take a simple step. I mean, a dead simple step. Call your Aunt Tilly because you <laughs> feel like you should, even though you're like, what does that have to do with you know visiting Norway? So follow those nudgings of spirit. Absolutely. Yes. Well, it's the time in our program when we offer you an affirmation that can help to solidify some of these concepts in your mind. And today our affirmation is, I turn within and, and am divinely guided to my highest purpose. I love that. You know, we didn't talk a lot about it today, but we know this turning within in prayer is critical in the, yeah. even the beginning of our vision. I turn within and I'm divinely guided to my highest purpose. It just happens. Yes. Right? When we turn within. I love that. So the best affirmations to me are very, very simple and they simple. get right at it. I like that one. Well, it's happened again. You've given yourself the gift of another hour listening to Spirit of Recovery. We're both truly grateful that you have. Uh, we hope that you found something in all of our jabbering that will be genuinely helpful to you on your own recovery path. Uh, thank you, Reverend Michelle, again, of course, for our discussion. And thanks to all who are listening to the podcast via Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and tune in. We bless you wherever you may be on your recovery journey. And listeners, if you'd like, you can always connect with us on our Facebook page, Spirit of Recovery. And please give us your thoughts and comments and feedback. And we invite you to join us again next Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central. And until then, don't drink like my co-host. And don't drink like my co-host. Instead, have yourself a wonder-filled week. Thank you for listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. I'm Dr. Mona Lisa, and I've been a medical intuitive for over 30 years. Let me help you find new ways to heal physical and emotional problems. Be a part of my Healthy Living Intuitively podcast studio audience every week. Follow me on Facebook, Dr. Mona Lisa fan page, and Instagram, Dr. Mona Lisa One, to get that information. I answer audience questions, and you can learn from people calling in that might be dealing with the same things that you are. Follow Healthy Living Intuitively 
part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network and wherever you get your podcasts.